Welcome to Treasury Talk in Your Small Business, a podcast for small business owners hosted by Michigan State Treasurer Rachel Eubanks. Our trending topics with subject matter experts will include cybersecurity, tax prep, continuous improvement, economic impacts, and inclusion and diversity. Listen for takeaways that will support you and your company. Well, hello to our listeners. I'm Rachel Eubanks, and this is Treasury Talk. My podcast is generally focused on topics specifically related to your small business, but this month I'd like to talk about a topic I am passionate about that affects all Michiganders. April is Financial Literacy Month, and financial know-how is personally important for our children, our young adults, our families, and our senior citizens. In addition, having a population of informed, financially empowered individuals benefits our economy and has long-reaching impact on us all. Today, our guest is Brian Rakovitas, Director of Economic Inclusion at the Community Economic Development Association of Michigan, otherwise known as CEDAM, to tell us about his agency's work on this important topic. Welcome, Brian. Thank you, Treasurer. So so excited to be here. Oh, I, you are such a perfect guest for this. So really appreciate you taking the time. So Brian, you know, CEDAM may not roll off the tongue out of everyone in Michigan. So, I mean, please tell us a little bit about what the work is that CEDAM does and how it encourages financial literacy across our state. Yeah, so CEDAM is a statewide membership organization and we were started over 25 years, where now we're in our 25th anniversary, I should say. So 25 years ago to advance community economic development and really affordable housing issues. But over that time, we really expanded our mission to include a whole host of work, you know, things like our community development fellowship, our policy advocacy work, economic inclusion, which I do and we'll be talking a little bit about today, and then our AmeriCorps program, to name a few. And, you know, through economic inclusion and our other areas of work, I have to say financial literacy is a very important factor to us. You know, just for like example, our children's savings account work that we do. So these are post-secondary savings accounts that are are started at birth or kindergarten, primarily kindergarten in in Michigan. They're community-led programs, and they really work to ensure that students and and really young kindergartners receive financial education start throughout their K-12 experience, right? So it's a full kind of elementary and up financial education, which has really been an important part of our work. And then also another area is really our AmeriCorps program, which brings financial education to youth, young adults, older adults, retirees throughout Michigan. It really just sort of depends. And they host workshops at local community centers, churches, schools, you know, wherever people meet to to work on improving financial literacy. And, And funny enough, that's actually how I got my start through this work was through AmeriCorps. So teaching financial literacy classes. And one of my favorite things that I did was a weekly partnership with Michigan Works to teach their clients financial literacy as they go through their, their employment training. Oh, and I'd be remiss not to mention our Show Me the Money Day events, which are community financial empowerment resource fairs that include, you know, budgeting, banking basics, home mortgage, couponing, so forth. So, you know, and these events are actually occurring right now across Michigan. Wow, that is a lot of work going on in a lot of different places. But you mentioned a term that I wanted to just see if we could expand on a little bit. You use the term economic inclusion. Mm -hmm. So can you explain a little bit more about what that is and maybe how your work kind of fits into economic inclusion? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these terms are are pretty interchangeable, but for us, we've really kind of defined economic inclusion as more focusing on systems level changes. Whereas when you think, when we think about financial empowerment, which is very important to us, that really focuses on like the individual or the household level is, is sort of the area of change. And so I think like a, a really good example of what this looks like is the earned income tax credit 
which at the state, we recently expanded it to 30%, which is super exciting because it's a major issue of our Michigan Economic Impact Coalition, which really focuses on free tax prep and credits. From an economic inclusion standpoint, right, this expansion is really thinking about how these available tax credits are, are there and we can really maximize them to benefit really LMI folks' ability to save, build assets, or, you know, and really kind of advance up the economic ladder. But from the really from the financial empowerment standpoint, which we which is tied into this, it really thinks about, OK, now that we've expanded this credit, what is our opportunity to connect folks with the knowledge, resources and ability to file for this credit to get it to really impact their individual household budget? So while they're they're interconnected, when we think about economic inclusion, it's really thinking about what is kind of the policy behind economic systems, what are, you know, and behind different types of rules and regulations, and how can we really expand them to make them more inclusive to all individuals, but really in particularly low to moderate income folks who are, are living within Michigan are a major part of our economy, who really keep these the, the wheels turning, um, but might not be getting their, you know, might not have access to all of the different opportunities, products, and services just simply because the system hasn't been set up in a way that really, really focuses on them. Yeah. And I really appreciate you digging into that because we all know that, you know, words matter so much. And, you know, we know what works best in terms of financial literacy or financial empowerment is, you know, this holistic approach that really brings in the full person and the full family. And I mean, really, you know, when we think about financial empowerment versus financial literacy, it's not just about, you know, the money in the abstract. It's about empowering people to become actively knowledgeable so they can make financial choices that change and improve the lives of their families. Yeah, and and no, and I I completely agree with that. And you know where it is, you know when we think about sort of financial empowerment or economic inclusion on that spectrum, it's it's right. What is our ability as as local organizations or you know nonprofits, governments, county governments, all the way up to the state and federal to think about like how are we really working with families to to really make sure that they are getting all of the meaningful resources, but then also have like you said, the knowledge, the skills, the ability to access and utilize them so they don't fall into traps like predatory lending products or, you know, refund advance loans from tax preparers that might not have done the best job on their tax return. And so now they're in trouble because their refund amount isn't as much as they said. So it's really thinking about when we think about how these work together, they're, they, you know, they can't be divided, economic inclusion, financial empowerment. That's why they're interchangeable, but they they have to come together because we have to think about the system and the person who's going to utilize that system or that family. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's really important that we begin educating people about finance and money management as early as possible. So I know it's been a few years now since we worked on the Financial Literacy Forum, which was really the catalyst for putting high school programs in place for students across the state of Michigan. And what can you tell us about that program? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's definitely been a lot of, of interest in thinking about what is kind of that K through 12, but really that that upper high school, high school space around financial literacy. I know that there's definitely different th things being put in place to really encourage, you know, financial education. And I always think about it kind of from the perspective of how I had the opportunity to really come into the financial empowerment space. For me, it really started at in fifth grade. And there was, you know, my teacher, Mr. Myers, who was actually my best friend's dad. So he would teach me during the weekday and actually he would make me pancakes on a Saturday uh, when I'd sleep over. But he actually created an entire sort of 
fake kind of banking simulation where we had to balance a checkbook. We had to, you know, check an account. We had to deposit Meyer Mustang bucks that we could earn through different like things like getting our little, we had like a notebook that we had to take home with all of our assignments and our parents write or uh, sign it to say like they saw it. And so he created this whole sort of system. And, and really, I was quite fortunate to have had that happen because I'm not sure that some of my peers can balance a checkbook just simply because it's not, it's not really taught. And so you see like from the grassroots, a lot of folks that are interested in moving into this education space and providing support to schools, as opposed to sort of maybe throwing it onto the teachers. But, you know, and I think where we're, we're seeing a lot of success is in our children's savings account work that I was talking about earlier. It, it really has that financial literacy component that, you know, it starts in kindergarten as like, what is a, what is a dime? What is a penny? You know, what do these things mean? And it really moves up to really complex financial decisions in the high school space, like taking out student loans. What does this mean? What is this impact going to be for you? You know, what does your degree, you know, not to minimize the degree, just simply to how much you're going to make, but how much are you going to make? And are you going to be able to pay back these loans and thinking about very complex financial decisions from a high school perspective. And so, you know, I think really for the next step for this movement is getting everybody back together and say, hey, look, you know, we went through a rough time with the pandemic. We're kind of on the other side of this, but the financial landscape has changed with rising interest rates and all kinds of other things that are are making things more difficult for folks. You know, what can we do to really reinforce our youth now so that they're prepared when they when they come out of college or post-secondary training? Well, this was all very interesting. Brian, thank you so much for sharing the work of CEDAM and underscoring the importance of a financially informed population in Michigan's economy. So is there anything, any words of wisdom you'd like to leave us with today? Uh, I think that, you know, like the, the old saying, it, it takes a village. I, it's, it's one of those things where talking about finances can seem complex and overwhelming, but the more that we normalize it, the more that we, we bring it up and, and think about sort of what our financial futures look like, the, the better place that we're going to be. And I think all this work is important and it's on organizations like CEDAM and others to think about the policies behind this. And it's up to our, it's up to our individual families to really connect in with these systems. So, so we want to make sure they're available, non-judgmental, and, and just there to support families wherever they're at in their financial lives. 